Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Vegas Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, ready to close out the holiday season. The days are ticking by, and and it's coming close. It, it's just a few days away, and the next thing you know, it's Christmas. Yay! Happy holidays from me and everyone here at 5280 Geek to everyone out there in, in radio land and, and podcast land. All of our fans, we thank you. We can't do this without you. We appreciate you. Give us a like. Give us a share. Tell your friends all about your dirty little secret that we are. Uh, and let's not forget our, our valued sponsor, Dragon Meadery, who is working feverishly to get orders out. If you've gone over to their website from our link to see the meads that are available, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you haven't done it yet, go on over there, see what they have to offer. It is a, u- a unique gift, something unlike anything else anyone is going to give, and uh, it's just kind of it's it's delicious. It's it's warming. It's amazing uh we appreciate everything that dragon meadery has done for us and continues to do for us in uh our entertainment endeavors so go on over dragonmeadery.com thanks guys so let's get right to it let's get caught up we'll get to everything that's on my mind and pressing on the inside of my little bean um momentarily but it's been a week I've got, I've I've been stewing on this stuff for a full week. I have thoughts. I have reactions. Here's my take on Doctor Who and and what what we've seen and what's transpired and the fact that basically the Doctor can now you know do mitosis. Uh, I really <laughs> I don't. I t- there are questions. I mean, and and they kind of play it off, but let's let's realize what this really really is all right uh this is russell t davies rtd's swan song this is his 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 farewell to everything that he started when he brought back doctor who when he brought uh christopher eccleson in and this is a, a culmination of everything that he has has poured into it but not only him it's a culmination of like a, a, an ending to everything that has happened since him to this point. It kind of just wraps it all up in, I'm going to say kind of an awkward bow, but it does tidy things up. It cleans the slate and it gives RTD, I think, what he's looking to do, which is a fresh start. There are some things that I, I kind of scratch my head about. There, there are some some lines that raise questions like uh, when they're sitting against uh, the toy maker and he's he's rattling on about making a jigsaw out of the doctor's past and uh, the man who waits and of course the master being in his gold tooth. Uh, there's some there's some great lines and of course you know the the ever present uh, little fingernail with the the paint on it that's picking up the gold tooth at the end of the fight that that uh, very reminiscent of previous incarnations of how we have seen the master continue on but 
It's not about the master. It's more about the doctor. And this does kind of put things in a very interesting perspective. It does make me wonder if at some point uh, tenants, the 10th or 14th doctor, excuse me, 14th doctor, becomes the caretaker. Or the curator, excuse me. Not the caretaker. Caretaker's another doctor. The curator. And it does make me kind of like, okay, I could see where this would kind of go in that direction. What I kind of have problems with, though, is the excuses and the rationale. We've never really gotten a firm answer on why the doctor regenerated into this face. It's been kind of these haphazard, you know, blue sky hypotheses that have been just thrown out there. But it really still hasn't explained it because I just think it's a bullshit answer. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't buy it for an instant. He didn't regenerate just so he could retire. Uh, and if that's the case, he, I, I think there would have been another face that he would have, you know, regenerated into. I think there is more to it. And this whole you regenerated so you can come to terms with things and take a break. That's not true. There have been plenty of doctors between 10th and 14th that have had time off, that have kicked up you know, their heels, put them on a desk, and, and disappeared. Peter Capaldi's doctor spent 23 years with River uh, on that planet, enjoying life and just and just being we've seen matt smith become a monk uh in the bells of saint george so it's not like and capaldi again took time off to babysit the master while he's being a professor so there has been plenty of times for the doctors in between to have a break to reflect so i'm not i'm not buying that answer as much as i'm sure that they're hoping is the episodes great? No, I don't think so. They are, but they're, it's not for the reasons that you think. I'm, I was expecting a little bit more, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say pomp and circumstance, but I was expecting to be a little bit more wowed than what I was. This was the 60th anniversary, and we really just kind of, it just felt like another episode it just felt like something eh. i was expecting at least you're you're dealing with a celestial being i was expecting a little bit more of a face-off than a game of catch it was just kind of a waste in my opinion there are some great moments don't get me wrong neil patrick harris dancing around the headquarters of unit or uh, avengers tower and it it's fun and it's it's kind of light and chippy and you can just see that the the toy maker is at, at, at all all consideration still just wants to play a game and is bound by the rules of the game. But a game of catch, really? Come on! There's so many different things that they they could have done that they, they they could have tried to execute, but but didn't. There were no other doctors. I mean, we get you know a new companion not a new companion but a companion that we haven't seen for a while and then it was great to see their return and the brief moment that they had of course you know you try to shoehorn in as much as you can but without commercials i mean we're still at over an hour which is kind of a nice little perk i'll i'll, I'll give you that but there it just seemed i don't know was it missing the heart is it missing heart I mean, we definitely get 
heart at the end. We have the feels and the the doctor taking a moment to just kind of sit and not have to be somewhere. And that's kind of cool. I mean, he's done that before with the pawns. And I mean, this isn't, again, the first time we have seen these these tender moments. The question is, does it last? Does it stay? And it's just kind of weird that our new doctor, 15, just kind of gets up and gets going right away. So I, I'm sure we will see more about that. But more of that in a moment. The thought that I have is maybe there's more to this. RTD has definitely surprised us with some very interesting twists in the past. Uh, maybe we will finally get something on the Valyard. Maybe we will see more on the Caretaker. I wouldn't mind to see some more doctors, though. And I think that's probably the one thing that bugs me the most. We have this big 60th anniversary crescendo, and... No other doctors. I mean, this was a time for celebration, and it didn't really seem like one. And there were some great moments, especially when we get kind of like a rundown on all of the companions and just how detrimental being that close to the doctor can be. But there is still mention of Adric, of course. And I think that was kind of the, the nail that was just like driven home the most, that you lost Adric, but Adric isn't the first one to fall in battle and, and to be lost. And that's what I think undoing the Donna story kind of did. It took away the, uh, just the price of what it takes to be with the doctor. And this, of course, maybe sometime sooner or later, there's a way to fix it, but you can't unfix dead. And I think for them to take away that whole Donna Noble story and how tragic it does end, um, to unravel that just still kind of bothers me. And I don't like that they had to do that. But did they? There have been a lot of arguments back and forth between chat groups and people just posting their opinion, and I don't want to be, yeah, no, I don't want to be like the rest of them, but I do have my opinions, and I think for basically a fresh start, a new do-over, we are getting a doctor unlike any of the rest of them, and I think, again, the times must change, and so must he, and this is one of those moments. The doctor's been a, a voice for many many people for many for many walks of life for many perspectives and it's been except for the chimnal era enlightening and enlightened and i i'm very excited to see what new direction that rtd plans on taking it because we get a, a doctor that's running on rooftops and bouncing around like a spry little bunny. And it's like, oh, okay, I, again, I can't see, you know, Capaldi doing that because, again, he runs like a duck with its butt on fire. Tenet, absolutely. Matt Smith, without a doubt. But I just, <laughs> evidently, this doctor's a much more physical, athletic prowess than our previous doctors. And that's... That's, again, something fun to see. It's something we haven't seen, and maybe they'll expand a little bit more on that. I'm, I think when you look at all three episodes together, there were things 
that there's missed opportunities. And I hate to say that, but it's the fact of the matter. There are missed opportunities. There's there's things that it, that could have been addressed and done, and it just seemed more of like a, a major setup going into next year than a celebration of 60 years of the Doctor. And even to eat, just have a moment, uh, a, a, a retrospective, or just some kind of nod that laid the groundwork for all of this, I think it would have been a nice nod, a little bit of an appreciation, if you will, to the sacrifices and the hard work that everybody has done and contributed to building a, a, a character, a franchise that fans absolutely adore and love. Which brings me to my final point. The Doctor's made up of different sums, all 14 of them. And they all contribute in one level or another to the person that he is. The hard times shape us just as much as the good. And another image uh, and, and message that's been driven home by the doctor over the years. We're defined by how we rise up, how we overcome, how we sally forth, how we, how we persevere. And I, I think for them to kind of... I don't know. Like I said, it's hard to say because we don't know how this is going to go. But if the door is slammed shut on the previous 14 and this is a fresh slate and moving on and I'm forgetting who all and what all I am, eh, it seems a bit of a betrayal to the character, personally. Is there trouble in Whoville? Hmm, we don't know. I would like to think no. I would like to think that it's just another stage, another phase, and we will see the Doctor that we all know and love and recognize in the episodes yet to come and the stories yet to be written. And Russell T. Davies definitely has a positive track record. He's not Chris Chimnall. Yeah, I know. I I won't let that one go. (laughs) But to get to this point, don't forget how you got here is my my only thing. And... Of course, that's just my opinion. I I could be wrong. All right, what else is going on? So, uh, trying to catch up on movies and shows and whatnot. The show that kind of, I was a little bit, so maybe this is just me, but I have moments where I want to get into something, and it's very strange, because some movies I just, I'm not ready for, or I have to read subtitles, which means I have to, like, pay attention. I can't just be doing something else, which has kind of been my curse crutch kind of thing lately as it is. So, if I'm going to sit down and watch something, and the one that I'm interested in are like a long series, you know, that well, long by Netflix and Amazon standards of at least eight episodes. So I got to, you know, be in the mindset of, okay, I want to sit down, do it because I want to at least watch more than one. And, and movies just have been weird on Netflix and Amazon. But I did sit down and I watched this one called Love and Monsters, which is actually kind of a light hearted post-apocalyptic love story with monsters running around the earth and it is kind of fun michael rooker's in it and i i i just kind of threw it on it was late at night and i wasn't exactly tired yet and i was just kind of like all right so i can read a comic you know get caught up on a few things watch this i didn't even read the comic i was kind of like really enthralled by the story it's absolutely just kind of this little adorable 
kind of, I don't want to say adorable, but I kept waiting for like something really bad to happen. Maybe it's just because I've watched too much post-apocalyptic war world type stuff and especially when you're like dealing with like twisted metal or walking dead you keep waiting for the other shoe to fall that everybody is just gonna take advantage of you and run off with your gear and it's it's kind of a fun show it's only i think it's an hour and a half it's almost two hours it was worth the watch if you're looking for something just to burn some time Love and Monsters actually is just kind of kind of fun. There's no serious weight to it or anything, and it does seem like I could, I literally could see a sequel to this, and uh, especially with where they put it. And everyone seems like that has watched it has had the same response as me. They're really like that was that was fun. I enjoyed it. The commentary and just how the story progresses and the dialogue. It's it's a fun little. I, yes, fun in the, in the apocalypse. That's that's what it should be, not love and monsters. Also, gaming tip, don't forget you left the albino's wheelbarrow on top of the albino. Moving on. Other things that have caught my eye and going on, uh, we had a message pop up, at least in my feed, about Good Omens Season 3, which is no surprise. It's always been slated for uh, a three-episode arc, uh, even speaking with Neil last year about it, he had told us that this is kind of like how the story was supposed to go if Terry hadn't passed away, that both of them had lengthy conversations in regard to how this story was supposed to go. So I'm sure without a shadow of a doubt, we would have seen more books had Terry not passed away. So excited to see how this all wraps up and uh, there's no other information or anything else just the bold statement from Netflix saying oh yeah it's it's not going away it's still here (laughs) which I guess when you're dealing with the sea of cancellations it's probably good to let people know that some of the shows they like are coming back and that in mind, there's also, speaking of shows not coming back, or are they coming back, there's been a lot of speculation about the Oroville. And I personally love the show. I think it is clever. It is original. It's Star Trek in an entirely different direction. But everyone in that camp is kind of like... Eh, we don't we don't know. Seth MacFarlane's little brainchild and uh pet project at this point has uh, raised an eyebrow for critics and Star Trek lovers and sci-fi lovers all across the board. So other things that have gotten in the way is changing studios, Seth writing every script and being very meticulous in the details and just putting his whole effort into this. Then, of course, the writer strike. And then, of course, you know, other things that just kind of seem to seem to compound problems for this show to continue forward which is disappointing right now as it stands season four is mm, up in the air and that's what's kind of disappointing there hasn't really been a statement to say yes or no one way or the other but um there there was there was an interview with one of the the stars. So I don't know if you know who Adrian Palicki is, but if you've been watching Orville, you know exactly who she is. And if you watch Agents of Shield, she played Mockingbird. 
Bobby. She was recently on an episode of Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, who, who I actually, I really do enjoy listening to his podcast. It's not very often that I listen to other podcasts simply because of time restraints, first of all. Secondly, um, I try not to like listen to many other podcasts because they don't... It, it 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 messes with my own creative process. I wanna I wanna have like my own thoughts, my own reactions, and I have found in previous lives that if I'm listening to other other people and they and they're they're, they're bouncing stuff out there, I, I kind of have a tendency of going, oh yeah yeah that, that that's this. No, I want my own I want my own feedback. You're here to listen to me talk, not you know Michael Rosenbaum. And I would still say go over to uh, his uh, Inside of You podcast and give the interview uh, with Adrian a listen. It's really fun and it, it gets it gets deep. And Michael has some really great guests. But anyway, back to the point. She brought up that there may not be a a return for the Orville. That there are looking at the the potential that this is it and. Uh, it's hard to survive on a show that's only done 30-some episodes over the course of five, six years. So the reality of it is got to work if you're going to get paid. So there are those those deep issues. And maybe the Orville goes on, but and, and maybe we will see a new crew, a new staff. I don't know, but I, what I honestly think... And as much as I love Seth MacFarlane and him playing uh, Mercer, the captain of the ship, maybe maybe he just needs to just focus on writing and directing and step away from being the captain. I know it's novelty uh, uh, approach, but well, actually, I can't say director because I think a lot of them uh, have been directed by Jonathan Franks, William Riker. So I can't I can't I can't put all the directing stuff on MacFarlane, but. It's it's worth the listen. I don't want to see the Orville go away, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's just, you know, a thought. Also that he had on was uh, Alan Richardson. Rich, Richardson, Jesus. Uh, who, if you have not started watching Reacher Season 2, the hell is wrong with you? You got three episodes that are out right now, and they move quickly. This show is spectacular. Holy balls. So, and I, and I know this was also like in one of Alan's interviews where he's he's talking about um, the fact that n- there's little to no returning cast members from season one, it, which is fine. I think that that makes absolute sense, especially if you have read the books. If you kind of follow what the character is about, it makes total sense. However, that said... The previous cast did a spectacular job as well. It makes the show that much, I don't know, more elevated. It really brings the the best of a performance out. And I think that everyone that is in season two has taken that to heart. Because season one was such such a monumental like ride. It was spectacular. I loved season one. And I'm in, just in love with season two. And there's, like, mystery, and there's stuff going on, and there's dead people. And I don't want to give anything away because it's only three episodes. I'm fine with talking about Doctor Who and putting spoilers out there for that. Absolutely. Uh, It's been a week. Yes, I'm sure everyone that's going to watch it has. If you haven't, I apologize. But uh, it hasn't been a full week for Reacher 
season two yet. Pop it in, pop it up, watch it. So freaking good. But um, I I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Orville. <laughs> so we may not see it. I don't know how many people will be upset with this because I think, honestly, I'm like one of the few people that really, truly enjoyed the show. I mean, anyone I kind of talked to was like, yeah, I'm going to get to that or – uh, it's it's sh- sure fine. It's okay. A lot of the Star Trek friends that I have didn't care for it at all because they just they just couldn't handle it. They they bastardized Star Trek. How dare you, Nave? <laughs> as far as Reacher's concerned, Alan Richardson is a beast, and it's spectacular. Watch him go whoop the shit out of some bad guys. Speaking of whooping the shit out of bad guys, Violent Night 2 has been greenlit, and I couldn't be happier. That movie, I've already watched at least three or four times since it's released, and uh, yeah, that's that's a new Christmas favorite for sure. David Harbour delivers one of the most convincing Santa Clauses next to Kurt Russell I think I've ever seen. And yeah, I know, it's a it's a long laundry list of people that have put on the big red man's suit and I just I just love the way that story goes. And see uh, to to see a second episode, which is not surprising when you talk to anyone who's seen this um they're an immediate fan. Just how well, this movie was put together, how the story progressed, the characterization of Santa is unlike anything else out there. It's perfect. And the the steps that they they went to humanize Santa and just kind of give him, a, 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 I don't know, I wouldn't say like a warm feel, but... At the end of that, you're definitely you're definitely feeling for Santa, okay? As you should. It's Santa, but I mean, there are definitely points where you're just like, "Oh man, this guy's the worst." But the man comes through. Santa prevails. I want more as far as the Celtic tattoos and and everything else that has that is on him. But of course, everyone is pushing for the Miss Claus. So the um. If you haven't seen it, I apologize, but spoilers. Uh, Santa gets into, into a bit of a spot. Miss Claus sends uh, his bag, an alternate hat, and um, his his hammer skull splitter. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> the question, and I have even said this when I first reviewed this film, who's Mrs. Claus? Who is she? What I mean, the woman that can handle this Santa has got to be impressive as all hell. So, who is it? Who do you cast as Mrs. Claus? So, there has been a long list of people that have uh, been thrown out. Um, I don't think... So, like, the, one, the, the list that I got... Uh, <laughs> They were talking uh, Hanno uh, Wingdom, eh. Catherine Tate, no way. Uh, Eva Langoria, uh, Angelina Jolie, absolutely not. Uh, Marion Clattered, uh, no, maybe, I don't know. That wouldn't be kind of hard. So who would I have as Mrs. Claus, which is 
an excellent, excellent question. It's a tough call because I would want someone like Ronda Rousey or Linda Hamilton, you know, like T2 days where she's got the, you know, the guns and she can do the the glamour, but she can also do the physical. So, and Ronda Rousey, absolutely, I think putting her in there as Mrs. Claus would actually be kind of, kind of fun, but... I, I, I can't think of anyone, like, really off the top of my head that I would want to see. There hasn't been a release yet on any information for when we will see more. Uh, I, I hope that it happens quickly. I'm sure they're probably already filming and have things laid out. They just are keeping very, very tight-lipped about it. What else? If you haven't seen Wonka yet... I highly recommend it. It is absolutely enjoyable. There are so many fun elements. It is a musical. They do sing. So if you have problems with that, maybe it might not be for you. However, if you are a fan of the Gene Wilder original Willy Wonka and the premise of everything that goes into that film, they capitalize on it very well. They emphasize Wonka and Chalamet does an excellent delivery of a I don't want to say full-blown young Gene Wilder, but it is definitely a younger less experienced Wonka, but it still has kind of like the fun quirks and twists to his personality and you can see where it would eventually kind of evolve into Gene Wilder's Wonka, but all in all, the film is just kind of fun. I did walk out of there with the Oompa Loompa song stuck in my head, of course. And I know last week I reported that uh, Hugh Grant was less than happy about the role of the Oompa Loompa, but I don't know why. His his portrayal of the character is absolutely gold it, or orange. It is brilliant, and he, he's just actually kind of fun to watch. It's lighthearted. It is absolutely something to cheer you up and get you in kind of a happy, festive mood. There's a lot of chocolate in this in this film, too. I mean, there's a crap load of chocolate. So if you're a candy nut, and just to see how Wonka goes about making his chocolate, and it, it, like I said, it's a fun film. If you're looking to take the kids, absolutely kid friendly there's a couple parts where you're just like ooh, it, it is like a you know bugs bunny cartoon if the kids get it they're gonna think one thing and adults gonna be like oh that's <laughs> that's naughty <laughs> but absolutely worth the watch of course kung fu panda 4 has been uh announced in fact the trailer is right in front of wonka and uh okay I think this series may have extended past its stay. I don't know if it's... Eh, I'm not as much into Kung Fu Panda as, you know, the first two films that I was excited for. Uh, we do get some return characters. I know that the Furious Five, everyone is upset that they're not in the trailer. I'm sure they make an appearance. Uh, but the story moves on, as it should, and there should be other characters, and there are. But... I don't know. Has Kung Fu Panda uh, outstayed its welcome? Maybe. I don't know. I know it's still fun. It's something for the kids. It's probably, I'll 
watch it eventually. But if you haven't seen the trailer, it's up. Go and check it out. Uh, but it's the same kind of line, same kind of feel that the last three have been. So you've kind of already seen it. In a completely weird twist of fate, Godzilla Minus One is officially a 2024 Oscar finalist. And that just warms my heart. This film is, if you haven't read our review, go over to 5280geek.com. It is up. And this film is everything that you could want in a Godzilla film and more. It has all of the right feels of the original uh, Godzilla's. It has some updates. It's it's spectacular. Um, but according to the news report from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists, uh, the finalists for the 2024 Oscars has been released in the field of best visual effects. Godzilla Minus One has found itself in the running with a dozen other films to uh, make note of. So looking over the list, ooh, see, and this is where I get kind of eh. So you've got Barbie, which, okay, groundbreaking, cool. Across the Spider-Verse, which I think from a artistic standpoint, uh, from a music standpoint, from a collaboration, from a story, Across the Spider-Verse is an amazing production of cartoon, comic, and visual stimulation that I can I can think of to date. That uh, just love the backgrounds and everything in that story. And it adds to the film so much. If you haven't seen Across the Spider-Verse yet, uh, that's one that you definitely need. Of course, Godzilla Minus One, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which you already know that I love Guardians. And, I mean, all of the critters running around in there? Come on. It's like going to a Pixar film. Uh, the Creator, which I have not seen yet, Rebel Moon Part 1, um, haven't seen yet, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. Now, see... I got an issue with Quantum Mania just because it's just a lot of digital stuff. I don't really. At least there were some practical props with Guardians and Godzilla. Across the Spider Verse, you already knew it was going to be animated, so that really is no surprise when you see a bunch of animated stuff. But I'm not. Ant Man and the Wasp? Eh. Killers of the Flower Moon, not familiar with that one. The Marvels can burn. Uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which will be out this week. The Boys in the Boat, mm, I think I've seen that one. I had to double check. Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, which is really good. I really hope we get to see a sequel to that. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, no, no. Uh, Missing Impossible, Dead Reckoning, never going to see. Napoleon, brilliant. Um, Poor Things, okay, yeah. Society of the Snow, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, and, of course, Wonka is in there as well. All of these projects and films are worthy, most of them anyway, except for, I mean, really, Dead Reckoning, come on, um, are, are worthy of the award. And, again, I and I know this 
maybe just because I'm a comic book guy or I'm just really impressed with the energy and the effort that went into Across the Spider-Verse. As much as I love Godzilla Minus One and am impressed that it made the list to begin with, I honestly think Across the Spider-Verse should should walk away with this this award in my opinion if we're if we're giving it out today that that's kind of who I think I'd give it to but that doesn't mean I'm not a Godzilla fan cuz as we continue on with the uh the the I I, I don't even know where this is freaking going anymore with Monarch it's so confounding I want I want a little bit more some more reveals would be nice but it has been fun uh, and if you have Apple TV I, throw it on the list to add to watch if you're not watching it uh, it's fun to see Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell's son uh, working to together it's it's nice why it is damn just a spitting image of Kurt uh, and I, the computer that wore tennis shoes I keep getting flashbacks but it was kind of funny in a related story that both Wyatt and uh, Kurt are huge fans of the last Starfighter and that both of them would actually like to see uh, a remake of the film and they might actually be the ones to do it I think this would be great to get back. I know this is something that everyone has been kicking around, and in 1984, when this film came out, it was, at its time, advanced way beyond anything we had seen. The story was great, the special effects, now very rudimentary, but back then, very cool. Not to mention the, the fight at the end with the one starfighter and the armada. The The story itself is was kind of fun, uh, at the time, again, unique, and since then has been uh, plagiarized, cannibalized, and otherwise butchered by Hollywood because, well, once you get something that works, we need to just use it everywhere. I personally would like to see a continuation of The Last Starfighter, especially how it finished. The The fact that all the Starfighters are wiped out except for one, and it, it needs to be rebuilt. I could see... Wyatt and 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 Kurt doing this, and you can even see it as a father son kind of play, or you could see it as uh, then and now. There are so many different ways that they could do this, like they are with Monarch. So, will we see it? I don't know, but just to see these two chat about the last Starfighter and their love for it is absolutely hilarious. So. Uh, I'll see if I can find that interview uh, that I had seen with them going back and forth. Monarch, well, as soon as we get more information on Monarch, I'll let you know. But it's just, I just, it's infuriating. I can see where this is going, but we're just so slow in getting there. It's driving me nuts, but it's so worth it. And and the monsters look great. They look better and at least more frequent than what we've seen in some of the uh, monster films of the past. So. Go over, watch Monarch, get Apple TV's free subscription just for that. In local news, Arizona's run out of things to basically show off that they're now buying iconic landmarks in Colorado. Most recently, they have decided a nonprofit was going to purchase the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. And lay off, Arizona. Go get your own shit. We've th- This is ours. 
Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, 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 reading the story, um, this came out yesterday. The, the Stanley Hotel, of course, which is the inspiration behind The Shining, uh, it was constructed in 1909. There are some very impressive stories. I've even done uh, a couple of investigations. Is it or is it not haunted? And, the, the 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 question always comes or the answer always comes back it's inconclusive there are things that happen there there are some creepy things that happen there but is it haunted again remains to be seen now a nonprofit out of Arizona is going to be purchasing the hotel which i i'm surprised that they're kind of letting this uh, happened, but evidently the Colorado Economic Development Commission is completely on board and are excited to let them at it. The plans that are that they have set are are I'm kind of got a mixed mixed feel on this. They they plan um, to do improvements to the property, including a planned three-story expansion to the existing hotel, which is going to add around uh, 58 additional rooms, uh, construction on the Stanley Film Center, which will include an outdoor amphitheater, film museum, soundstage, uh, and other things that they have not put out to the public yet. I, eh. uh, they're also looking to provide updates, modernization to the property and other things to help uh, the development for the op- office as they increase fans and uh, tourism and all of that. So here's my thought. It's fine the way it is. I really don't don't add to it. <sighs> yes, I know it's hard as hell to get in there and get a room, especially in some of the haunted spaces. But I don't think adding to the hotel is, I don't know. It just takes away from the experience, in my opinion. I'm fine, I guess. The, 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 the horror film festival that happens up there every year is amazing. And in fact, I'm kind of looking forward to them having a film center and an outdoor amphitheater and all of these things that they're going to be adding to the experience. But I still think you should just kind of leave the hotel as it is. Tampering with and, you know, adding on to it just eh, takes away from the overall feel. There's nothing quite like walking into the main lobby of the Stanley. You go to the left and you go into that nice, beautiful bar. And just to hear the, the, the floor... Again, the creaks and the the feel of the building, it's like you literally have stepped back in time. And updating, modernizing, and adding on to it, I just, mm, maybe it's the old man in me, I don't know. But I just, (laughs) I'm not not a fan. We'll see what happens as far as the plans and execution. This is moving forward, so it's just a matter of uh, when, not if. In Marvel news, um, it looks like Disney Plus is going to bump up the release date on the new series Echo and will release all five episodes. <laughs> Whoa, five. It's, that's just embarrassing. Five episodes altogether. Um, so the, I'm kind of scratching my head on this simply because it, it's... I'm trying to wrap my mind around you 
put time and energy into creating a series, developing a series, and then you don't want to release it or you have doubts about it. If that's the case, why didn't you do a better job in the beginning or just start over, start from scratch, see what you can do on pickups and kind of re-edit things so that you like it. Um, I know fan lashback. I mean, I was watching uh, people talk about this and nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but a lot of the fans, uh, which is a mixed bag, don't care. And I might be one of those characters. People. <laughs> I am one of those characters. Uh, here's, I don't want to say it's a problem. Here's my issue. You're bringing in a character that needs a little bit more of a backstory to develop, in my opinion. And to force this in what I would say an unnatural way um, is, is, is ill-advised. There are so many other characters that you could bring in to help along with this. In fact, I could almost see a team-up of the White Widow and Echo in a moving forward story. Or how about a season two of Hawkeye with a more of a focus on Echo and Hawkeye training her? I don't think a, 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 an ill-attempted series to get people on board is a good idea. You also have the Daredevil series, which Echo also plays a, I wouldn't say a huge role, but kind of where Echo came out of. You have all of this unlimited information and background from the comics, and yet they refuse to use it. I'm not against the character, and I'm kind of curious to see what and how they portray her moving forward. But I think you should do it correctly and not be so quick and eager to just kind of throw this out there, especially when you really aren't standing behind the product that you've built to begin with. Especially when this is going to be uh, the first Marvel TV series under Disney to receive a TVMA rating, which, uh, and I can understand why Disney's kind of like tiptoeing around this for Uncharted Territory and even all the more reason to have, I think, a stronger character. Echo hasn't had their own title for quite some time and at the most has been a very strong, supportive character until Echo's identity was revealed in the comics of who they really are. If they were thinking... I would still say this needed to go under Daredevil. Before you did Echo's own series, it only makes sense that you would have her as a strong, supportive character in the Daredevil series, or even the Punisher series. Those have already proven themselves to be viable, uh, fan favorites, and can handle a MA rating. But... And what's the point of five issues and five episodes? Seriously, how long are these episodes? They better be freaking an hour. I'm going to be pissed. I have better things to do with my time than waste it on some show that you, Disney doesn't care. Will I watch it? That's another good question, and I don't have an answer for it just yet. It depends on what that first episode was like, because I didn't come back from his Marvel. I couldn't even finish the first episode. It was just so not for me. Another approach for this that they're kind of doing is it's under the the spotlight 
banner, which okay, I'm kind of eh, I'm I, I'm I'm in for it, all right. And I know uh, according to Brad Winterbaum, and I kind of agree with him, they're looking at more of like street level kind of in your backyard stories instead of the cosmic tipping the scales stories that we have seen thus far. So kind of the more homegrown local hero approach, I, I'm not opposed to. But again, Daredevil did it better. Punisher did it better. And Spider-Man actually has the potential to do this, but we just haven't had the opportunity to see it yet. Especially when you're you know, dealing with multiverse and cosmic battles and all of that. You kind of take your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man out of the neighborhood. I guess the answers to all of these questions and more will happen January 10th when it is, when Echo is released on Disney Plus. I I'm personally looking forward to just seeing Kingpin back and us just kind of getting back on track for Marvel. I I think I'm kind of over the films. I haven't been able to really since Guardians kind of interest me and and maybe that'll change. I'm looking forward to What If, which will be in just a couple of days. But this this holds a lot of potential. Maybe we'll get Werewolf by Night Part 2, which, I, again, that one I really enjoyed. I can get on board with that. The Echo trailer is out there. I haven't seen it yet because I'm, I, I really I don't want any spoilers. I just want to sit down, watch this without any pre-built dispositions, and just take it for what it is and make my judgments based on that. And what else? Two more items for today. Uh, One announcement, which doesn't bode well for the con community, but this doesn't come as any surprises. The end of E3 was announced, and it will not be coming back. And this totally makes sense to me. All of the video game and a lot of the companies are realizing that they can do cons on their own. They don't need to buy space in another con to present their stuff to the marketplace. The landscaping has changed since COVID, and everybody continues to adapt and grow with those changes. And these cons are now more than just dealers and more than just showing up in cosplay. Everybody's looking for an experience. Everybody wants to have their moment. And I think E3 in its day, and I've I've attended E3, was spectacular. It was exclusive. It was fun. There were there were things that you would only see that you could brag to your friends about. Those days are gone. The internet has come about and everybody leaks everything the second they find out about it. So there really are no more exclusives. The manufacturers themselves can leak their own information and make it uh, their own thing. Uh, we've seen with D3 how successful running your own con and event can be so with that in mind we light a candle hold up a lighter say a prayer and um so long to e3 but the question this is the question what takes its place what fills the void is this a uh, precursor to what we're looking forward to in the year the new year 2024 is this where we're going no more Cons? Cons dying up? I don't think that's the case. What I do see is a bigger fallout than anyone is anticipating. I think the mom and pop uh, one-stop shop 
cons are are going to suffer in the new year. I think we will see a revamp of the existing cons as as one does. You adjust. You you listen to the fans and you try to give them what they want. Sometimes you can't do it. Especially when you've got Reed Pop and Fan Expo duking it out for the top spots. They've got cons in almost every state and 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 it's getting harder to compete there's only so much of the pie to go around and even me going around the country and hitting all of these cons i lost track after 32 cons this year um and that's got to be a record for me i don't know i'd have to think and again i stopped counting after 32 so uh, i know it is much much more than that and now i'm doing my own con with the colorado festival of horror and i know uh one more con right but we at least are established. This is year four for us. It's not a new con. And that's what I'm worried about. As everyone tries to jump in on, I can do this better or I can do it this way. There are some logistics and some issues when putting on your own event. And size matters. Especially when you're trying to give an experience to the fans. Fan Expo and Read Pop have those uh, resources. They can do it. And we'll see what happens. I... I I will not be surprised to see a fall off. I will not be surprised to see more shows give up the ghost. And I I feel bad. Some of them have been fun. They've been great. But not everything lasts forever, unfortunately. And E3 was the first first casualty. Better days. And final, final thing, this came in on the mail. And, of course, if you have guys have questions or comments or input, I'm always up for it. Send me a uh, direct message or comment below. But um, someone actually sent me a message about my thoughts on Frasier. Uh, the message basically read, you rave so much about Night Court and sitcoms. What were your reactions and feedback on Frasier? And I apologize in advance for what I'm about to say, but Frasier sucked. I think they have gone to the well one too many times. And I think the landscape for sitcoms is kind of, I don't want to say outstate, it's welcome. But I think they definitely need to start rethinking how they approach TV. You've got only so many writers that can do so many things, and it is what it is. But I, I it, and I know Frazier, Frazier was so much more than what he is. This is kind of more of like a full circle kind of story where now he's the, the old guy where the Frazier series, he was um, trying to help take care of his dad, who now, of course, has passed and has, you know, that life happens. So I'm not... I'm not really enjoy. I didn't really enjoy the series. I tried just from the nostalgia factor and just how much I enjoyed Cheers, how much I enjoyed Frasier. But I think the time of the sitcom is is kind of coming to its twilight. And even with Night Court, who I absolutely adore that that show, that series, there are even moments where I'm just like, mm, this, eh, it, it it's 
the formula doesn't work. It's not as cut and dry as it once was. Even like I saw someone was talking about trying to bring uh, two and a half men back. And I'm like, I don't even think that would work again. I, I think we are seeing with the streaming services and all of that, and there's only so much talent to go around to write these things that I think we're going into the, the twilight of the the sitcom. I don't have time to sit and watch it. I'm not going to go back and stream it. And it's kind of like one of those in-the-moment type of things. It's no longer must-see TV. It's kind of like, when I get to it, TV. And unless it's a sports game, sports ball, or a, a movie, I've got, I've got other things to do. So... Uh, as much as I would like to say I enjoyed Frasier, uh, it was fun to see Ross um, come back. Uh, uh, Roz, excuse me, Roz, the producer from his radio show, Lilith, who goes all the way back to the Cheers days. It is kind of fun to see those characters back. I would love to see Niles come back. Hell, I would honestly love it if for some strange reason they would go back to cheers he's back in boston why hasn't he gone to cheers i i i think it'd be a great little kind of nod if he went in and saw sam or wherever sam may be there's no reason why they can't do it ted danson's not busy so the cast that they have assembled is is not untalented i just don't I, I just don't feel them. I'm not into them. I don't. I don't care. It's just a bunch of pessimistic alcoholics that just sit around and whine and bitch. And no, it's not clever. It's not witty. It's not driving. It's just nah. And maybe that's just the problem. It's not funny anymore. Eh. Who do I to say? But on that bombshell. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll give you something brighter and cheerier than that to end on. We have lots of stuff coming up. By all means, please give us a like, give us a share, follow us on Facebook. We will be very active in the year to come. Uh, Colorado Festival of Horror will be coming back for its fourth year, like I mentioned before. But we're going to be doing a lot more uh, around town, uh, doing some more interactions, some more horror films, Keep your eye on the 5280 Geek page or go over to the Colorado Festival of Horror page and check that out. Like I said, give us a like, give us a share, let everybody know about us. We do appreciate you guys listening and supporting us and being here through the years, yes, years now, uh, that we've been doing this. So uh, you guys make it worth it. Thank you so much. Uh, Might be back before the end of the year, but I wouldn't count on it because Christmas is next week and then followed up with another week of stuff going on and yours truly will be taking off to Seattle for uh, a little bit of an adventure. So that will be interesting. Follow us on Instagram, 5280geek, and head our website up. There will be pictures. There will be stuff. There will be antics. There are always antics. And on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. In the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night! <laughs>